Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Doing great. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. You have to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We're ready to rock, man. You ready to rock, yeah, yeah. guys? Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. This is free to hop box and exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, here's Dan Patrick. Hour two on this Monday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We're down to Danette. Fritzy is off today. Hope you're feeling better. Hope to have him back on the program tomorrow. But uh, McLovin is here. Seaton's here. Paulie and yours truly. We'll talk to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, in a moment, where we stand with his 17-game schedule in the NFL. And the uh, Zamboni driver who uh, put on the pads, got between the pipes, David Ayers. And got a win in his debut. You know, the oldest, I think the oldest debut for a player in NHL history, you have to, now David Ayers is 42 years of age. He made his debut on Saturday night. He was the emergency backup goalie for the Hurricanes. That's the second oldest player in NHL history to make his debut. He trails only Lester Patrick, no relation. He made his debut in 1927. He was 43 years of age. He was also the coach and the general manager of the New York Rangers. And he had to be pressed into service. This is the Stanley Cup final. He made his debut, I believe, in game two. They ended up winning that game. They won the Stanley Cup. So you have, you know, pretty uh, pretty interesting timeline, storyline there with uh, David Ayers at age 42, trailing only the legendary Lester Patrick, who won a couple of Stanley Cups when he was the uh, coach for the, the uh, New York Rangers. Oh, I thought that might have been a stat of the day. Is that a stat of the I day? Know, it kind of been a couple of stats of the day. Uh, age of the day. Kind of a begrudgingly got to beg for this now. Here comes that what stat of the day. I thought the oldest player to make his debut was Satchel Page. And Satchel Page, because uh, because there was no integration, he was playing in the Negro Leagues. He was 42 years of age when he made his debut. He had previously played in the Negro Leagues, then got his opportunity at age 42, and still, by all accounts, was a great pitcher. Yeah, Paul. Isn't it weird that David Ayers, he's a Zamboni driver, and he works for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the Maple Leafs have to supply an emergency goalie for both franchises, for both teams. So David Ayers, who I'm, I'm guessing is pretty loyal to the Maple Leafs, has to work for the opposition that night for 500 bucks. Now, he let the first two in, which was pure Maple Leaf hockey. That's helping it a home team. But then he went Stonewall in the next eight. Well, it's a fantasy I think we've all had at one point where our favorite team says, hey, I need you to help us out, you know, take you out of the crowd and come in and save the day. And that version of a dream came true. So you have the Zamboni driver and uh, David Ayers. And so he has to be the goalie for a backup to the backup goalie for either team. Both goalies for the Carolina Hurricanes got hurt. So then the emergency goalie is the Zamboni driver. And uh, he led in the first two goals, and then he stopped the next eight, and the Hurricanes won. Happened a couple of years ago in Chicago. An accountant, remember the accountant? I don't know his name, but he uh, got in goal for the Blackhawks. 
It's an interesting policy the NHL has for emergency goalies. It's, it's kind of tricky. He, you know how much money he got? Got paid five hundred dollars for that, and he gets to keep his jersey and the memories, and more importantly, he gets to be on the Dan Patrick Show coming up in about fifteen minutes. So, congratulations to David Ayers for one of the more memorable goalie performances in recent history. Uh, we'll talk to Mike Florio coming up. What is the poll question, McLevin? My uh, poll question is, do you want to see a rematch between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder? And right now, 58% say no. Oh, okay. Uh, the only doubt I would have is Wilder is 34. You know, Fury Fury looks like he's probably lived a couple of lives. He's 31. Uh, but it, you know, it feels like we want to move on from this. We've seen it where now it's uh, Anthony Joshua. Wasn't it Mr. Joshua in Beverly Hills Cop? No, Mr. Joshua is in um, Lethal Weapon, oh, and he's okay. played by, uh, what's his name, with the teeth, Gary Busey, Mr. Joshua. Is he Mr. Joshua? Yeah, it, well, I know that. I think he serves Mr. Joshua. Don't they burn his hand with a lighter? Yes, but that's Gary Busey's character, Mr. Joshua in Lethal Weapon. I happened to watch that last week. you got to check that and see. Is, Checking. Is he Mr. Joshua? McLovin, is that right? Yeah, according to the interwebs, okay. he is Mr. Joshua. Mr. He looks a little different in this role. I can see Mr. Joshua. Now, so Anthony Joshua, maybe. When's the last time you everybody knew heavyweight champ of the world's name? Klitschko? I mean, Ruiz, you probably do just for like a weekend. Uh, but Tyson Fury is a perfect character to be the heavyweight champ of the world. Yes, McLovin. The problem is we, you know, we were just discussing the no unification. Like, I'm not sure where, which belts Joshua holds or which one Fury holds. I remember back in the 80s when I'm covering boxing, and this is with Tyson, with, you know, Don King and Bob Arum. And then they entered, remember they introduced the WBO? And I went, who wants to win the WBO? Oh, you got the BO. Oh, congratulations. Like WBC, WB. I mean, they fragmented this so much where you're going, yeah, you probably have had four different title holders at the same time in uh, in that division. All righty, uh, we'll get the phone calls best and worst of the weekend. We will give you ours as well. My thanks to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host on uh, NBC Sports Network and, of course, the great website, profootballtalk.com. Mike, where do we stand on this 17-game schedule? Well, I mean, the 17-game schedule is part of the 10-year CBA that is on the tee for the – union to adopt if they ultimately adopt it. You know, one thing that really hasn't been explained the way it should be, Dan, when all this talk started a few weeks ago of the NFLPA having meetings with player reps to talk about the league's proposal, the reality is that through the course of 10 months, the NFL and the NFL Players Association's negotiating teams reached an agreement. They have an agreement. It's like two lawyers getting together, working out a settlement to a lawsuit and saying, all right, now all we got to do is sell it to our clients. And the NFLPA has had a hard time selling it to its clients, in part because the executive committee, which negotiated the deal, voted against accepting the deal on Friday, which is one of those head scratchers like, wait a minute, you guys negotiated the deal, and now you're voting against it. And I think where it all stands very simply is this. The NFLPA is going to go back to the table to try to get more. There's no cost in asking for more. The question becomes, how will the NFL respond to this? Will they say, we have a deal, get out of here? Will they say, okay, fine, we'll negotiate 
and we'll sweeten the deal. And within that question, Dan, is the thing that fascinates me. Have they already planned for this? And do the owners have a stack of chips in mm. their pocket that they're ready to put on the table to get this done without having to go back and discuss and vote and wring hands and gnash teeth over whether or not they're going to give more? They can huff and puff about the players coming back and say, well, this is a real problem. We have to talk about this. We have to think about this. And then they ultimately – put on the table what they were going to put on the table anyway, and they get this done. And it feels to me like the NFL throughout this process has understood exactly where the ball is going. Like the NFLPA is trying to keep track of where the ball is. NFL knows where the ball is going. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't already have some extra stuff that they knew all along they were going to put on the pile of concessions and offers and terms, and they're going to do it this week to get the deal done. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Having covered a couple of these strikes and lockouts in the last 40 years, unfortunately, where it always felt like there's one or two items that it hinges on. It feels like there's a lot of ancillary stuff, but there's one or two items. I just don't remember the players having as much of a bargaining chip as they have with this 17 game. Well, the problem, though, is they've spent the last 10 months negotiating based on 17 games. If it's a non-starter, then you tell the NFL at the very beginning, we're not doing 17 games, period, ever. We're not going to negotiate on it. We're not going to talk about it. Because what happens is after you spend 10 months negotiating a deal based on 17 games, it's, it becomes a given that you're going to have a deal based on 17 games. The question is, what do they get for the 17 games? And I think what happened, Dan, when the NFLPA player representatives, executive committee, when they started to get together and start talking about this, after the season ended, they were still feeling the physical effects of a 16-game season, which made them more likely to say, we don't want 17. And I think the farther their bodies get removed from the end of football season, that cloud is going to start to move away, and they'll be more likely to go along with 17. But the urgency to get this done is very real. I mean, that's, you know, with the NFLPA, it's two deals that you have to look at for the NFLPA. What they get from the league and what the league gets from the TV networks. And I think the NFLPA leadership at the very top, the executive director, DeMora Smith, has decided everyone gets more if they do a deal now and they do TV deals premised on 10 years of labor peace versus slamming the brakes on everything and getting maybe lesser TV deals now or lesser TV deals later because of the specter of a potential work stoppage. And, you know, you're ultimately going to do a deal based on 17 games, when do you do it? And I think DeMora Smith has made the judgment, right or wrong, that everyone gets a better deal if they get this done now so then they can maximize the TV money. Yeah, I just don't understand the 10-year deal. I mean, it feels like it's going to be antiquated here, like after five years. Well, I agree. But you know what? The more it's premised on a true sharing of the revenue, and they're getting closer and closer to 50-50, 48.5 is what the split will ultimately be. Now, you have to – get your arms around the exemptions and the exceptions and the stuff they take off the top. And that was a sticking point in the summertime. It's, it hasn't been mentioned much recently, but I think, you know, the question of the extent to which the players will help fund new stadiums, that apparently has been resolved because you don't hear anybody complaining about where things stand on that. But as it, as it becomes a true partnership and, and you're sharing the money, now the owners always have the equity and the players have none, which gets overlooked. I mean, and the value of the franchises keeps skyrocketing. But the, the, the closer you come to a 50-50 split of the revenue, the, the more you can feel like it's a true partnership. And, and, and I know that there are some within ownership that want to approach it that way, but there's also a group of hardliners who their attitude is screw them, lock them out. They, they work for us. We set the terms. 
we want 18 games, we want this, we want that. And, and there's kind of a – not as – you know, they're doing a good job of holding everything together publicly, but I think behind the curtain there is some difference of opinion among the owners about how aggressive to be, and they're trying to simulate something that feels like a real partnership. I don't know if it's a story. We're talking to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Um, you have uh, Jim Ursay, who had some comments on Sunday – and he said he can't comment on Andrew Luck potentially coming back. Am I making too much of this? No, I just think it's wishful thinking by a guy who would love to solve his quarterback problem by Andrew Luck coming back. Now, here's the thing. If they go out and spend a bunch of money on Phillip Rivers or someone else in free agency, if he would come back, it would be kind of like Brett Favre coming back after the Packers had committed to Aaron Rodgers. And they hadn't even paid Aaron Rodgers at that point, but they were going with Aaron Rodgers. You know, if Andrew Luck comes back now – you're, you slay the fatted calf and you welcome him home and you put him back under center. But if they go out and make a major financial commitment for a new quarterback and Luck decides, well, you know what, I feel pretty good, I'm going to come back and play, then the Colts are really in a tough spot at that point and who knows what they would do. But I, I, I would be surprised if the Colts don't quietly try to find out whether or not there's any chance he comes back before they jump into free agency, if they jump into free agency to go after one of these guys that's out there. And I usually take the opposite approach of whenever I hear information, like Tom Brady to the Cowboys. Like, I laughed at that. I went, um, feels like Jerry Jones is trying to create leverage with Dak Prescott, right? Oh, absolutely. Right, Mike? I mean, I just went, okay, there are going to be hosts in this business who are going to run with this because it's the Cowboys and Brady, and that's a magic elixir. That's a Molotov cocktail. But, you know, when you start to look at Brady, I don't – we know the Patriots don't say much, and, you know, is Brady going to be leaking out something strategically here? I'm just trying to figure out now the Titans were in, now the Titans aren't in, now it's the Raiders who might be, you know, the, the, the front runner. Feels like we're going to have all this talk and he's going to go back to the Patriots. Well, and here's the key. Two things. First, this week at the Scouting Combine, that's when everything will be happening that we won't know about, where agents meet with teams about impending free agents. It's tampering, but everyone does it now. And you get an idea of who's going to be standing in line when free agency begins. So after this week, that's when the ball really swings back to the Patriots to see if they can work out a deal with Tom Brady. He'll know what's behind door number two. Generally, the question is, what do the Patriots put behind door number one? And the deeper we get into March without a deal for Tom Brady, that's when Patriots fans need to get nervous. And here's the real question. Here's the second dynamic. If he gets to free agency and he's going to do this Tom Brady vanity tour where he has them come to him. That's the ultimate boss move. This isn't Reggie White or Peyton Manning going city to city. This is, if you want me, you come to me. I'm going to sit on my throne with my crown, and you're going to have to come in and kiss the ring and kiss my butt, and, and, and you've got to put, you know, you got to get my attention. Who can wait with all these other options out there in free agency? Which teams can afford to play this out with Tom Brady, run the risk of not getting him, and then have a plan B. And you know what? The Raiders make the most sense, Dan, because they can just hang on to Derek Carr. Hey, we have a bird in the hand. We'll go try to get Tom Brady. And if we don't get him hmm. and all of the other guys we would have pursued are signed elsewhere, we still got Derek Carr. We'll make it work for one more year, and then we'll see where we are next year. Good to talk to you, Mike. We appreciate your time. All right, Dan. See you, buddy. That's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Yeah, I always go opposite. I just don't believe anything that I hear now because it feels like it's just sort of maneuvering, uh, you know, trying to get somebody to go with, you know, bring out something on a show, write an article. Um, you know, just, I always kind of figure out, okay, what are the Patriots? What's their end game here? Do they really want him? All right. Then what Tom's going to want to know, well, what are you going to do for us?
Uh, what, what are you going to do for, uh, you know, TB12 here? Uh, you know, do the Raiders want him? How bad do they want him? Like, all of those things are just trying to figure out, what is the game here? You know, the, the Dak Prescott, where Michael Irvin swore it wasn't Jerry Jones who told him, I love Mike, but I got to believe Jerry Jones is saying, hey, Mike, you know, it'd be great if you could mention that we're interested in Tom Brady or just casually mentioning it. You know, we want to we want to make Dak nervous is what we want to do, create some leverage. And that's what it felt like. Brady to the Cowboys and Dak, you either tag him or you sign him up long term. But I don't think you're going, you know, let's bring in Brady for maybe a year. And then you let Dak Prescott go. You know, the Lions. The Lions are going to trade Matthew Stafford. They're going to take two a tongue of Iloa. Now the Lions reportedly said, hey, we're open for business with that number three spot there. Don't believe any of this that you hear. Because it's all, it, it's meant to be a shell game. It's meant to be deceptive. It really is. How many times have you heard something where in February or March and you go, that's going to happen? I mean, look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's not even telling you the truth. He, I guess he meets with the media today, and I guess somebody's going to say, Joe, just end it right now. Do you want to play for the Bengals if you're taking number one overall? I'm going to guess Joe Burrow's going to go, they got their process, I got my process, and if that's where I go, then, uh, you know, uh, I'll be happy to be the number one player, and I want to play for championships. Yeah, Paul. And then his parents will say, I don't know where all this controversy is coming from. I don't understand it. Well, when Mel Kuyper said that last week, I went, Mel, we're, this isn't me, even though I've been accused of, you know, manufacturing this. Joe Burrow's keeping it vague. That's all. That His process is to keep it vague. Who really wants me? Can you imagine his quarterback's coach at LSU, who's in Carolina now, calls him up and says, we want you, man. We want you. You got a new billionaire owner in there. You're in a rebuild. You you trade Cam Newton, and you and you bring him in. Joe Brady is there as your offensive coordinator. I mean, those are the kind of things that I'm looking at. What's right in front of me? I don't I don't believe what's right in front of me at least this time of the year. Yeah, McLovin. When you say it like that, Carolina feels like the LSU of the NFL. Like, it feels like a lot of positive momentum building around that. Like, of course, the way you describe it, of course Burrow wants to go there. But you have a new coach, new head coach, and and you got a new offensive coordinator there. Keekley's retired. Olsen's gone to Seattle. Cam Newton's days are numbered. To me, it makes too much sense, which always makes me nervous as well. Yeah, Paulie. A couple people responded to this when we talked about last week, Carolina. A couple of NFL types, and they said, Carolina does not have the draft capital to trade up that far to get to the one spot. They keep saying, saying Miami has draft capital. Oh, I know that. The Raiders have draft capital. Yeah. But, you know, you could always go down the road. You can do draft picks the next three drafts. I think that's, they cap you at that. Yeah, I just I, – I don't know what it would cost you. I think there's a, you know, there's a table. There's something that says you've got to give two ones and a two twos or something like that. But if you're Carolina and you're rebuilding – Christian McCaffrey said that at the Super Bowl to us. They're rebuilding. Then why wouldn't you do that if you have a chance to go get him? And you got his quarterback's coach. You got an offensive-minded head coach. I don't know. Uh, But I'm not believing what's right in front of me. We'll take a break. 20 after the hour. 
We'll talk to the Zamboni driver, David Ayers, after making his NHL debut at the age of 42. Reggie Miller in an hour from now as uh, we talk about the tribute to uh, Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and to the uh, seven other people who died in that helicopter crash. That'll be at uh, Staples at 1 o'clock. Reggie will join us in an hour from now. Take a break. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Doing great. We got the cats in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. You have to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We're ready to rock, man. You ready to rock, Camera yeah, guys. Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. This is free to hop box and exclusively available on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. Kings will get the power play. Most importantly, they will have a new goaltender. And here he comes, number 90 for the Carolina Hurricanes is Dave Ayers. Yep, made his debut at the ripe old age of 42, the emergency goaltender. That's courtesy of the Hurricanes Television Network. You know, what's strange about this um, is so the home team has to supply an emergency backup goaltender. So he can play for either team here. Carolina is playing Toronto. David Ayers is employed by Toronto. He's the Zamboni driver for their minor league team. He then gets into a Carolina Hurricanes uniform, goes in goal, lets the first two shots that he faces go in, and then all of a sudden stops the next eight and he picks up a win. Pretty strange, though. Imagine that this is the, the organization that pays you. And then you're going to be in goal against the team, the franchise that pays you. I guess he got $500 there. But uh, eh, pretty interesting. He'll uh, join us coming up. Yes, Paul? That, that seems like a very awkward position to be in because he has to live in Toronto and go back to Toronto, I'm guessing. And, and at some level, he works for the franchise, a minor league team of the franchise. I may go in and uh, I know you want to show off your skills. I may, I may tank it. I may let a few pass. Well, a five hole. It felt like that with the first two shots. You're like, you know, if I'm playing for Carolina, I'm like, hey, dude, you got to come in. Like, at least look like you're trying here a little bit. I mean, he's obviously nervous. He's 42 years of age, and you face the first two shots, and you let him in. You go, oh boy, this feels like a uh, home ice advantage here. But uh, hey, congrats. That's a big deal, man. And uh, David will join us uh, coming up here. In a moment. Yeah, McLovin. So we were throwing out a poll question. Which major sport do you think you could come in out of the crowd and hold your own in, or most likely to hold your own in? Hold my own in. Or do your best. Uh, Is David joining us yet? In about two minutes. Okay. All right. If I was a scratch golfer, then I I feel like I could hold my own. How about the abilities at your best as a golfer? Like when you're really hitting at the sport, if someone picked you out of a crowd during a, a TV match. I don't think there's any sport, any professional sport, where you could 
take me out of the crowd and I could I could go out there and hold my own with any of them. Yeah, McLovin. Well, say you're 25 in the NBA. I mean, just not – you're like an emergency player. You're not supposed to star. Don't you think you could at least, like, have to have somebody cover you or something? Do you remember when Ahmad Rashad played in a preseason game, NBA? And I was like – and I've been around Ahmad. I mean, he's a great athlete. But I thought, man, that is – I got to get on a pre. I, I was trying to get on a roster for one game and do a story on it. I just couldn't get anybody to believe that I could play. And uh, I remember Ahmad Rashad may have done something for inside stuff, and he got a chance to. He, I think he took a shot in a game. Yes, Seaton. So that's why goalie is such an interesting um, position in all of sports because it might be the only one that you could be plucked out of the crowd in and be okay. Because you do, you kind of just have to take up space. I'm not I'm not diminishing what they do, <laughs> but it's not like if you put on skates and then say, "All right, now go play up there next to you know whoever," and you're skating around trying to score goals rather than than stop them. That'd be a totally different experience. Yeah, Paul. I'd like to think that I would not be the worst person at NASCAR. If like a driver had to do something, I had to tap out, and they just pulled me out of the crowd at a at a track. I'd have, you know. I probably get up to about 150. If there, there's not too many tracks where they're going 150. Yeah, and racing that close together. Well, he wouldn't be that close. No, I'd be hanging it back. He's not close to anybody. Uh, yeah, I'm close. Do they have any automatic race car drive uh, cars? Like, because I can't drive. Oh, you a can't stick. do a stick. No, so if I put it in D and go, am I okay? I don't know. Sport what. mode. You put on the sport mode. Go like a cord hybrid. Yeah. Is uh, by the way, this program brought to you by Mercedes AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all new GT four door coupe. Because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. Missed any of the celebrity interviews this week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave? Go to the DP Show app, watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. He's uh, David Ayers, the uh, Hurricanes emergency goalie. Got the win at the ripe old age of 42. David, how you feeling today? I'm a little tired, but I, I feel good. All right, if I told you a week ago, hey, by the way, you're going to make your NHL debut coming up in a week, and you're not going to be playing for Toronto, the team that employs you, you're going to be playing for the Carolina Hurricanes. What would you have said? I, I would say I'll take that any day. Uh, you know, just a chance to get out on the ice and make a couple saves. Uh, it doesn't matter who uh, who it is. I would love to get out there, but uh, the Hurricanes were fantastic. These guys were, were amazing. Everybody that I've met in the organization has been uh, is unreal. Uh, and I'm excited to get to rally to see a bunch of the guys and watch a game. Okay, but I, I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. The home team has to have that emergency backup to the backup goaltender, and, right. th- and that's you. So you could have played for Toronto if there were injuries. Now you're going against Toronto, and you're going to play for Carolina. And then you let the first two goals in, and I thought, oh, no, you can't have this. He's he's employed by Toronto. What did the – did any of the players say, hey, David, at least go through the motions here. Act like a goalie. <laughs> yeah, I, that was me. I was saying that myself. <laughs> you know, two goals, two shots. This is not cool. So, uh, you know, I kind of want to smack myself upside the head and wake up a little bit. But uh, the players were good. They just came up to me and said to relax and take it easy and make, just, you know, have fun, make some saves. And uh, they played great in front of me, and we ended up uh, pulling through in the third period and uh, a good win. But you're not the Maple Leafs Zamboni driver. You haven't graduated to that. You're <laughs> right. You're the AHL, the the uh, Toronto Marlies. You're you're their Zamboni driver. 
Yeah, so I've driven for the Leafs before a few years back, and I actually haven't driven uh, for the Marlies in the past five, five and a half years. So the whole Zamboni thing is is, is kind of old now. Uh, I, drive, oh. I drive maybe once a week just to keep my skills going, but uh, I'm at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, Mattamy Athletic Center, and that's uh, I'm the operations manager there. So I've got really good building operators. They drive the Zamboni, and I've kind of taught them what I know and they hold down the fort for me on that one, so I can go out there and make a few saves. But are you the emergency Zamboni driver for the Maple Leafs? <laughs> uh, no, definitely not, but uh, I wouldn't turn that one down either. That would, uh, that's pretty fun. I've done it once, so it's pretty cool. Are you a better Zamboni driver or goalie? Oh, if you look at my performance the other day, you definitely were going to say better Zamboni driver. But <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing that a long, long time, too, 16 years driving the Zamboni, so... Uh, but I like to still think I can make a save here and there. Uh, how good were you at, at your peak as a goaltender? Uh, you know what? I was probably practicing with the Marlies uh, when I started in like my early 30, mid-30s. And I felt like I was I was pretty good. And I was on the ice a lot with those guys. So, uh, obviously, once you hit 40, your body doesn't feel like it did, you know, 10 years ago. So, I can still make saves. I just can't move as fast as I used to be able to. <laughs> When did you get the word? Like, who gives you the word that Carolina needs you as their goaltender? Where are you in the building? Yeah, so I just was half-dressed. Uh, well, I was standing in the building first, uh, just in my dress clothes, and my, my equipment was actually down in my truck. Um, and they just uh, – one of the Leafs guys calls me and said, you know, let's go, let's get down here. The goalie got hurt. And so I go to get half of my equipment on and kind of sit there and watch the game, and then uh, the other goalie goes down and – that's when you get the nod to put the rest of your gear on and get in there. <laughs> Do you have to introduce yourself? <laughs> no, no, not really. I, I I know a lot of the people there, right? So uh, it was good. <laughs> How much do you get paid for that performance? Uh, it was a big zero. <laughs> Wait. It was a, lot, a lot of memories, that's for sure. Wait, I was told you got $500 and you got to keep your jersey. Yeah, that's I got my jersey for sure. I got the, my jersey, the puck. They took my stick to the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, but uh, money-wise, uh, you know, the money is not a thing. It's uh, the memories is, is what I'll take away from it. Well, wait. What, what's the league minimum for one game, David? I'm going to fight for you here. I know. I need to find that out. It's just so weird to see you in a Carolina, your uniform, and you go into the locker room with Carolina, and you're you're employed by Toronto. It's just like yeah. – it's you know it's one of those great things about hockey that you're a hockey player and my best I'll give you my best no matter whose team I'm on because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's exactly it. I said that already today. It's that's the hockey community. You know the guys will welcome you as long as you're on their team. They're going to welcome you and they're going to play hard for you. And, and I try to do the same thing for them. So forty two, forty two. Can you do the splits? I can. Can you get back up after you do it? <laughs> Maybe with a crane. <laughs> yes, Paulie. We had the league minimum for the NHL, and we did the math. We had people we know do the math. Okay. He, he should have made about 900 bucks for the uh, fill-in shift based off the oh. uh, league minimum salary. Do you, want me to, do you want me to push this, David, a little bit? <laughs> you know what I'm talk, I, I can talk to Bettman and, and, and get you. I mean, you don't want to turn out 900. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the memories are worth it, though. Awesome. Hey. It was fun to watch, David, and I uh, can't imagine how nervous you were. Like, you let the first two in, and that next shot, oh, my God. I think everybody had to be holding their I, Even Toronto fans had to be going, oh, God, I hope he stops one of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know I had a couple of buddies at the game, so 
Um, <laughs> they would have been all over me if I let three in a row, and I, I probably would have got pulled at that point. <laughs> they would have just had an empty net, I think. That yeah, might have been the same. <laughs> uh, David, congratulations. Wonderful story. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's uh, David Ayers, the Hurricanes emergency goalie. I think you got to get paid. I know that, you know, nice memories there. Do they make a movie out of this? Don't don't we always say this where you go, uh, oh, yeah, they'll make a movie out of that. He's got to get an SB, right? Yeah, at least a trip to the SB. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, the, every story, the AP story says he got paid $500 per mm. a tryout agreement contract. So maybe he got paid at another point. A tryout agreement? But, oh, that's what it is. Well, they said that. Emergency goalies basically in contractually get five hundred a special rate of five hundred dollars. That's what it but it doesn't sound like anyone by the way, if you're a player, don't you slip them a twenty or something? Like if you're one of the guys who got the win for Carolina, a little little action there? I think that everybody they should pass the hat in the Carolina locker room. Now, does Carolina fly him down? It's happening, yeah. Right to celebrate. Yeah, he's gonna like like uh, David Ayers night, I would let him drive the Zamboni and like take a victory lap. In between periods, maybe I'm not going to say you retire the number ninety. <laughs> retire it for three hours, like you put it up into the balcony yeah. and then you bring it back down. He worked two and a half hours. Put it up there for two and a half. All right, just put it up there for one period. You know, it'll be up there in the third period. David Ayers night. That's a great story. Uh, there's so many times where you go. Hockey can be so fascinating. Usually during playoff time, it can be so fascinating. All right, uh, we'll get the phone calls. In fact, let me sneak in a, pup, a couple of phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. We'll give you hours coming up after the break. Wade in Indiana. Wade, good morning. Thanks for holding. What do you have for me? Morning, Dan. Good morning. Four foot six, rock solid 90 pounds. I got two best. Hoosiers okay. beating the Nittany Lions. That was a big deal because Penn State's played oh, well. Yeah. And uh, hip surgery two weeks ago, um, just now starting to get able to go upstairs. Lost my footing, and my wife caught me as I fell. Oh, well, that's that's love. Thank you, Wade. You know, hip surgery, they've got to kind of figure it out. Replacement surgery, they've got to figure it out. Knee surgery, they haven't gotten it figured out yet. Yeah, Paul. Can I ask you a question that's going to sound really naive? When they say knee replacement surgery, hip replacement surgery, what are they taking out and what are they putting in? General, are they shaving stuff down and reformatting it? Kind of, they but, put in an artificial hip, but like the like the, the socket. So there's like titanium or something. Yeah, and then same thing with the knee. Okay, so it, they're adding things in. They're well, they take out and then they put in something that's better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I waited for a long, long time before I got my knee replaced. I'm glad I did, but those first three weeks, you could see a grown man cry. I was I was in a whole lot of trouble with that. That was painful. I've had eye surgery, shoulder surgery, hand surgery. Nothing comes, you know, close to. You could combine all of my surgeries. Nothing, none, none of it comes close to replacing your knee. There were t- I couldn't get my knee into bed to rest it. Whew. And that's why somebody said, "Oh, would you do it again?" I go, "No, no. I'd rather you cut my leg off." Then give me a, a new knee. Yeah, Paul. By the way, shockingly, we did the math incorrectly on the David Ayers one-day pay. <laughs> the league minimum is $700,000, so based off working one day as a goaltender, he should have been paid nine grand. Oh, If you, pro, if you prorate it. <laughs> this is zero. Yeah, we missed a zero. <laughs> That's a, 
<laughs> nine grand though for the for the ships. Well, if we told him it was nine grand, then he might feel differently. Then hey, I got the memories there. They should pay him. Yes, McLovin. He's got a great tweet asking if he gets a playoff share in Carolina <laughs> as well, or you know, if they win the whole thing. More phone calls. Uh, we'll give you our best and worst of the weekend. Also, one of the stranger TV shows I've ever watched, and I I I didn't finish it. It's so strange, and I still don't understand it. I'll tell you about that coming up right after this on The Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. I saw a lot of Polly over the weekend. We were socializing. Went to a, a chili contest that uh, Polly had won a couple of years ago. Since retired. Now, I thought this was like a real big thing, and I said to my wife, I said, yeah, there's this chili contest. I'm asking all of the people that I run into in these stores, because I, I haven't heard from Polly where it is. And I go, uh, hey, a big chili contest. And they're like, not that I'm aware of. I go, no, no, it's a big, it's a big chili contest here. It's an important chili contest. Yes, <laughs> and that's it's semantics. And then, and then Paulie sends me the directions, and then we Google it. Nothing comes up, and I'm going, all right, well, let's just go and see if Paulie's telling us the truth. It's invite only. And and we we pull up, and the lights are on in a beautiful you know courthouse building or middle of nowhere. And there's probably 12 cars in the uh, parking lot, maybe. And then I walk in, and I just see the things of chili. And there's Paulie, got a beer, and his he's just there with his buddies. All it is is his buddies are holding this contest. I thought it was like, Paul, when Paulie said he won, did you guys think there were like 50 people involved in this? <laughs> oh, I thought hundreds. Like, I thought like, they sold tickets, and it was a huge honor. And, and I go, got your picture in the paper the next day, yeah, that kind know. of thing. I know. And, and then I walk in, and then I go, okay. I didn't think Paulie thought I was going to go. So oh, I, I you, thought you were. Oh, uh, Because I thought that you could at least continue the um, visage that, hey, I won this chili con, this press. You know, it's unprecedented chili contest. I was the underdog. I was out of nowhere, and I won this thing. I beat seven other contestants. Yes, Paulie. Yeah, it's a it's a small town, little Dover, Vermont, and we get the town hall. And I would say anywhere from 10 to 15 usually participate. And you just bring in a crock pot, you put it in, and everyone votes and drinks beer all night. It was wonderful. It was. It was great. And I met Mrs. Meeker, who was a very nice woman. Yes, and her son, Dave, was yeah. the two-time champion back-to-back. Yeah, back. yeah. so uh, I, I did that. I was also, when I'm not, I don't ski, so I, I snowshoe. And uh, when I wasn't snowshoeing, I was sitting in uh, in my condominium, <laughs> my my uh, whatever you want to call the it. townhome. Yeah, my townhome, whatever it is. I'm watching this show. Have you guys seen Don't Bleep with Cat People? 
McLovin, you Oh, yeah. It's not a cute cat video it's, series. It's Netflix. And there are these people who track down this killer, this murderer, in Canada. Oh, I've seen this. I, like, we're, my wife and I are watching going, how is this possible? It's a crazy, crazy story. It's crazy story. Yeah, it's real. It's true, based on a true story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he was arrested back in 2012. And it's a documentary. Yes. Yeah. It's. I'm not all the way through it, but I will say, when you watch it, you're going, how did, how did this possibly get past police in the first place? How far in are you? Uh, they just brought him back from Germany. Oh. Now his mom is talking about somebody who may have told him. I guess this guy, I don't even know how to explain it, but he, he killed somebody, and he would kill pets, too. He'd kill cats. And then I think the cat people found out, and then they went after him. And they did so much research, the police asked them for all the information that they did. They, I don't know if they would have caught him without these people. Yes, he, and he was sort of like a con man who uh, had invented this life online for himself and was sort of trying to live it out no, in real no. life. But then he also had this sort of other side life online that involved these cat videos that were just really horrifying. Um, it, the story is just nuts. He killed somebody on camera. But you're watching it, and you go, he didn't kill somebody on camera. But he did. When, when you're, his nickname or his handle was something, one person, one ice pick, or something like crazy like that, and these people tracked him down. Yes, he. A bit of a left turn from the chili cook-off. Yes, it was. Now. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, they're not related in any way, those two events. No, they, they're not. Bit of a, yeah. Well... <laughs> Maybe I should have started with this and then eased my way into the chili contest. And, but you uh, you were snowshoeing, man. You're, a, no, you're tough. I went to the top of the mountain, and, of course, I'm there. I'm soaking wet. I sit down, and who walks in but Paulie? And I go, fresh as a daisy. Yeah, because he took the chairlift up. I walked up. God invented chairlifts for a reason. Yeah. Well, he also invented snowshoes for a reason, you, too. I you, don't were, know. you were sweating from the top to the bottom of your body. You were sitting there. You look like... You've been in a steam bath. I, I was drenched. And then I had to go back down. Like, they should let me take the, the chairlift down. Oh, what you do for love. You know, my wife says, hey, we're going to get up at 630, and I'll get some, you know, health food bars and some water, and we'll climb up. It'll be beautiful. I go, okay. And we get up about not even halfway, and I said, yeah, I think I'm going to turn around. I'm going to tap out. She goes, what do you mean, tap out? I said, ah, I think I'm going to turn around. She goes, no, no, just try it. Try it. You know what you do? You count to 30. You count 30 steps, and then we'll stop. So that's what I was doing. And she got to learn to breathe. You got to learn to breathe. And then you get to a point where you go, all right, bleep it. I'm going. I'm going all the way up. And then I wanted to, like, plant, plant a flag, like a Dan Patrick Show flag oh, on like the top of the mountain. Sir Edmund Hillary? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just watched uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, that movie Everest yeah. um, about the the blizzard in 1996 that sort of got all the people stranded up there. Yeah. It's not really the happiest ending either. Is that James Brolin? Yeah. Uh, Josh. Josh Brolin. Brolin. Yeah. 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 There's actually a good cast in that. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> uh, a whole bunch of people. Interesting movie, but uh, it, I'm sure you can relate now, given your experience yes, I... summoning Mount Snow. <laughs> And I'm wondering, would I ever want to do, like, Mount Kilimanjaro or something? And the answer is no. You should watch Everest first. <laughs> <then>. <laughs>
It doesn't look like fun. Need more warm weather mountains. You know, nice, <laughs> nice leisurely hike. I know. But, you know, my wife says, you need to have some more goals, like, you know, accomplish things. I said, good God. How many Emmys does she have? I'm like, yes. I said, honey, do you know I was Mr. Outside in high school? I was Mr. Outside. Do you know what I did at Sports Center? Google it. You need more goals. You need to have more hobbies. Yeah, my goal was to uh, get that condo over there yeah. and, and uh, accomplished. Man. All right, final hour. Reggie Miller will join us coming up. More phone calls as well. Best and worst of the weekend. And we will give you our best and worst of the weekend. Coming up right after this. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.